distance Join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics With hepapasis and matches Here's how we practice The lost art of conversation David Jason Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is a bonus episode on the new Arsenio Hall show. Uh, I'm John Elliott. Woof, woof. I'm Patrick Riccardi. And there was no Wolf Wolfs in this, which I assume he told the audience not to do. Um, I, don't, I don't think if they wanted to, I think they would have, but maybe you're right. I think he's got the power to stop him. He is yeah, Arsenio. I, I had trouble not looking at the fingers after you had mentioned it before the broadcast. Oh, I didn't even think about it. Those fingers really were long. Well, and that's... That's maybe the uh, best thing you can say about this show. But <laughs> I thought it was funny. You're fucking insane. <laughs> Wait, are you fucking with me? No, no. I, I thought it. W- I would never watch it again. But I thought it was. It cracked me up. There's a lot of stuff that cracked me up in it. Damn. Wait. Are you? Are you on? Uh, uh, Not PCP or wet. Or any Molly's. kind of any kind of regimen of uh, prescription drugs or anything. Nope. I was just watching it, and it, it, his monologue made me laugh, the way he made fun of himself. The Jay Leno bit made me laugh. And uh, the I think there's something else. The the, the physical comedy, I mean, not the physical, the, the prop comedy was terrible. But the Paul Abdul bit made me laugh. Well, I, I agree with one of your points, which was the prop comedy was terrible. But I would go even farther and say the whole show was terrible. Everything. You hated everything about it. I did not like any... I honestly... Look, I don't think very highly of myself and my abilities, but I think I could have written a funnier intro if you'd given me a day to come up with that than than what he did on this fucking show. And it was basically him... It was all about him returning to TV, and I guess it's a big deal to somebody. Um, But I think he grossly... uh, overestimates how how big a deal it is to most people uh so it was it was all and then he did the time capsule thing about um when he was last on in the 90s and the so he's doing a bunch of dumb shit like uh wesley snipes tax jokes and stuff and then uh the weird thing about it was was that it could have still been a show from the 90s because his guests were chris tucker and snoop dogg yeah yeah, he did. Well, Chris Tucker's big now, right? He's he's still doing things. He was just in uh, the movie with, with uh, the Silver Linings Playbook. So oh no, shit, he was. You're right. I he was he was very good in that. He was good in that. Oh uh, yeah, you, no, you're right. I I couldn't remember him having done anything except uh, since Rush Hour, but uh, but no, you're right. You're right. Maybe they even mentioned that in the interview. I I kind of tuned out. I I really really thought it was terrible, and I heard it it. Uh, lost 33% of its audience uh, on the second night. Oh, so like idiots like us were checking in to see what it's like and then just left, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I wow. I really didn't find any of it funny. I find him a... I think talk show hosts in general are, are weird fucking people. Like uh, somebody like Jay Leno or, or David Letterman or even Carson back in the day, like they almost weren't real people except when they were on their talk show. And then otherwise you just feel like that's a weirdo that I wouldn't really want to hang out with. I feel like Leno uh, is also a real person when he's doing stand up anywhere. It's not just a talk show. 
Yeah, when he's on stage, I should say, right. Because I think Letterman, I think it's just a talk show. Like, if he's anywhere else, because he doesn't do stand-up anymore. So it's there's only the talk show. And that, I think that's why he doesn't retire. Well, he, that you know, and the young interns. Well, he could probably have interns at his house. He's rich enough. That, yeah, that is true. Just like we do. Oh, I have plenty. They're just older. Yeah, mine too. And ugly. And not at my house. Just in my head. Well, uh, we'll get there, Pat. Eventually. One day we'll both have elderly, ugly interns. So I thought the self-deprecation was funny. I thought, like, there was the, the, what what have I been doing in those last 19 years? And the joke about him being on that, that show where they bid on stuff. In lockers? I, oh, I thought yeah, that but... was funny. That was just like something straight out of Amazon Women on the Moon. His which, finest hour? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm, I, I assume you love that movie, right? Uh, love's a strong word. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't at the airplane level. Um, and I, I imagine it would not hold up well. If, if yeah, I don't think it would now. hold up well. But I, I remember his bit being funny at the time. And that's exactly what all his bits on there reminded me of. And they kind of made me chuckle. Yeah, I thought it was. It seemed very poorly and cheaply done to me. Those, uh, the yeah, film everything segments. seemed really, really cheap. The entire show, even going all the way down to the the band, everything seemed made on the cheap. And I guess that's how it got on TV because they didn't want to spend money. But it seemed very cheaply made. I agree with that. So and his, uh, I, but going back to the weirdo thing, uh, there's something about him just like that that constant beauty pageant smile that that seems very insincere to me and maybe it is sincere but like anybody who smiles that much i distrust uh just on principle you know and um, the laughing at his own jokes like, yeah that's all that's like bill maher does that too it's yeah that that's never good but at least he didn't he wasn't quite up to the uh letterman level of of the audience clapping at every single damn thing he said although it was close he did get a, a lot of applause for uh, subpar material. I felt like. I wonder if the audience really was excited for him to be back on TV. If the if these were select few that were fans of his. I know some of the people were famous, but I I don't know. I don't know how many people out there are still Arsenio fans. Uh, apparently, thirty three percent less on the second night than there were on the first. Well, night. let's see. Oh, who was the guest? I, I was surprised that Eddie Murphy didn't show up because I remember those. Those two being thick as thieves back in the '90s. I mean, he he did appear, but he didn't appear as like on the show. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but like, Arsenio looked like if he was wearing a wig, he could have been, he could have worked in drag perfectly. He's very, uh, very feminine looking to me. So is this is this some is this going back to Eddie Murphy? Well, uh, that's, maybe that's why he didn't go on. He was he didn't think he can control himself. That's that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Well, but you know, Eddie Murphy didn't. That was he was tutoring that that young uh, lady. He was trying to help help her get off the streets. And into his pants. Yeah. Uh, did you watch Did you watch any more episodes? I only watched the first one because it was it was enough for me. Yeah, it was that was enough. I enjoyed it, but I mean, I don't uh, particularly care for talk shows. So aside from Colbert and Daily Show, so I don't usually uh, search them out. So no, I just watched the, the opening night. I didn't watch after that. But you did find some of it funny. I did. I did. And then maybe it was just, I, I, I kind of like him. I think he's an interesting personality. So maybe that's part of it. 
I like how he interviews. I like how sincere he acts, even if he isn't. But I, I do like how he gets, like, when he asks questions of the of the guests, it, it sounds like he's a friend of theirs. I, I like his style. So I, I, And I also found some of the jokes stupid but funny. Like, I knew where they were going with that uh, locker thing, but I still laughed at it. Yeah, no. See, I, I just found it really I, – I just found the writing really – really poor uh doing a sharknado joke yeah with, that was terrible yeah it was horrible the whole that thing one, was, that was that was terrible that was really really bad like his his jobs that he'd been doing since the uh since the last show where he's in the food truck and stuff terrible oh. yeah, the food truck one was so absurdly stupid i thought it was funny the one where he sell he sells only bagels or i forget what muffins biscuits Biscuits. Oh, no, muffins. From, yeah, the guy asked for a biscuit. Yeah. I asked for a biscuit and he just leaves. I, this is absurdly funny because it's so stupid, but they might not have been going for that. Maybe I was laughing for the wrong reason. I think you were. Uh, I, I don't think his humor is that meta. Yeah, maybe. But I, I, I found it funny on that level because it was ridiculously, ridiculously stupid, but funny. All right. Well, we definitely agree to disagree on this show. I guess his, maybe I'm too cynical, but uh, that that overly sincere style he has, I mm-hmm. I also see as as being insincere. I I don't know. It reminds me, like to me, people who always freaked me out were like these Vegas entertainers, like uh, Wayne Newton and uh, Robert Goulet and stuff. Just that that really show busy like perma smile and smarmy yeah and then i just felt like underneath they were probably like raping children or something in their spare time it it creeps me out that kind and that's that's kind of how i see arsenio hall with just so upbeat it's it almost it scares me i I can see that yeah so i think that's my own thing but it seems like he doesn't mind making fun of himself so i would really like paul Shear to guest on the show at some point yeah, as we talked about before, who does the Arsherial Paul show, which I still haven't seen, but he reenacts old uh, Arsenio Hall episodes. And apparently, I didn't see it, but apparently he wrote a review of this episode for The Hollywood Reporter, because he was on Twitter asking for... for uh, Quotes. Uh, quotes, what people thought of the show. Oh, shit, I would have liked to read that before we did this episode. Damn, I wish I would have known. Um, I didn't read it, I knew about it, so I'm even worse than you. Yeah, yeah, my own I, way. I can't see it lasting. Although, on yeah, the, well, it's syndicated. Who knows? I mean, those syndicated shows don't. I think they just need to pick up little, little bits of ratings, and they last. Right, because all they were showing in those, in those, in that time slot was reruns of like the King of Queens and stuff. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, and it depends on the guests too, I guess. Like, if he gets guests, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it'll last or not. The thing is, I, I mean, I th- the other thing I like about Arsenio is that he's the first guy that really knocked down Johnny Carson. He's, he's, I mean, they talk about him retiring because he wanted to retire, but he retired because he was the first time he was ever coming close to losing in the ratings. He, he didn't lose overall, but he was losing 18 to 49. So he's what knocked off Arsenio off, off the air. And then uh, the combination of Letterman and Leno made it so he got off the air. But I, I just find him as an interesting personality that he had that. He was the first to do it. You had Alan Thicke, you had Pat Sajak, you had all these other people, you know, great people like Alan Thicke and Pat Sajak and Dick Cavett, who could Chevy not... Chase and uh, Chevy Chase, yeah. Magic and Johnson. They, they they never could pull it off, but Arsenio did. So I find that interesting that he was able to do it and then kind of went away. Yeah, well, I, I think that 
back then it was also uh, not that that was uh, during the height of of hip hop being a, a real huge cultural force. Not that it's still not, but I don't think it it's necessarily as big. I think that everything's so fragmented now. But uh, hip hop was huge back then. I think it was more of a urban, for lack of a better word. Um, he got that audience, and he got like the young hip-hop fans and stuff um who definitely the old men were not attracting uh whereas now i think he seems a lot more tame maybe, yeah maybe than he did i mean the whole culture's shifted since since he was last on so I, yeah, he's an old man now so it's it's he's not gonna attract the younger audience he might attract the black audience but who knows why because he's not that funny he's pretty funny well he's know. but he's also pretty toothless yeah well, uh, his, his humor. That's so. a that's an improper, improper thing way to to phrase him because his teeth are huge, almost as big as his fingers. That smile has. Man, Pat, hate mail directed to Pat at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. Um, and if it, if it bounces back, it might be because your mail wasn't good enough. It probably will be because your mail wasn't good enough. Oh, uh, we did uh, we did get a fan letter from somebody who uh, actually started her own podcast because she thinks she's better than us now, I guess. Yeah, st- I think it started off as fan mail, but it was really uh, scoping out the competition. And she wanted to make sure that she was better than us, and I guess she is because she has her own podcast now with her husband and, I guess, uh, lover. I'm not sure that their person is. Well, husband, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know that lover figures into that. But uh, but it was a very nice email from Jennifer. We won't say her last name. I don't know if she wants that. Um, but you listened to her podcast. I was away all weekend, so I have not had the chance. But uh, you enjoyed it. Do you want to uh, give a shout-out to it? Do you remember the name of it? Yeah, it was fun. Um, it was, I had to look. It was something, a clever name. Insert pop culture reference here. And the, the website's insertpop.com. I'll give uh, we'll give a link to it from our Facebook account and check it out insertpop.com and you can listen to it. Very fun. Their first episode was about the fall TV schedule, just like ours. So kind of copycats, but what are you gonna do? Oh God, Jen, already starting out copying us. I think their second episode is about Arsenio. I I take back everything I just said about her. Hack. Hi, Jen. Uh, yeah, no, so check that out. That's very cool. Um, and Do you think it's a good time to announce our contest? Yeah, announce it. We're having a contest. Whoever can answer this trivia question and get it into into our email address, popculturecontinuum at gmail.com, will win a, a fabulous prize. And the question is, who were the, what were the name of the two guys that sat on the balcony during the Muppet Show? Awesome. So if you can answer that question... You get you win a, if you're the first to answer that question, you win a prize. Do you know the answer? Yeah, uh, Geezer and Fahuti. No, it's Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, no, I knew that. What do you what think do you I am? I was born yesterday. It's a pop culture co- podcast, for God's sake. Um, well, thanks for just giving it away. So, I guess Pat won that contest. So Pat, you can I'll, still try if you if you answer correctly and you're first, you win. But I mean, if you remember what I just said, which was Statler and Waldorf, Waldorf. You, uh, I, are we done with Arsenio? There's not really a lot to say. It, it was a short just... show. It was 40 minutes. I think we said everything in the road. There's only one guest. Oh, Snoop Dogg and Chris Tucker, so two guests. But yeah, I'm done. I, don't, I, I liked it, but I will never watch it again. 
Nope, me either. It was it was kind of it was also kind of for me nostalgic because I used to watch it. I used to watch Arsenio often. I you know I know I'd, I'd flip around from all the talk shows and I, that would be one of the ones I watched. They didn't change anything for, about the format of the show. It was just, I mean, he was the first guy not to have a desk, so he didn't have a desk again. Which is an odd. It's odd that the, that's the talk show format. That the, one guy sits at the desk and the and the, and the guests sit at the at, on the couch next to the desk. It's so odd. I guess Merv Griffin didn't have a desk either, as we saw from that Seinfeld. Well, one yeah, one guy sits at a desk raised or elevated above the guests usually as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's there's some not so subtle uh, uh, who's the boss shit going on there. Although that the new Seinfeld talk show is is totally not on it at a desk. It's just in a car and in coffee shops. Oh yeah, you the watch one on that? the internet. I have never seen it. It's funny. It's very funny. I, I've seen a couple. If, if you if you decide to watch anyone listening decides to watch it, start with. Or whatever. If you're only going to watch one, watch the one with Carl Reiner, because he, he does the the regular show with Carl Reiner, and, and during their session at the coffee shop and in the car, Carl Reiner says, "Yeah, I have dinner with Mel Brooks every night. You should come over and eat dinner with us sometime." So that at some at some point he goes over and eats dinner, and they film it, and it's really it's kind of cute the fact that Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner get together to eat dinner and watch a movie every night. Yeah, and it's well, funny. I I knew that from uh, the Mark Marin podcast because uh, he interviewed both of them actually. Oh really? Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. If you can get past Mark Maron's uh, neuroses and uh, and self obsession, it was it was good. I I mean recently I I put I forget if we talked about, but I listened to the one with Phil Hendry, and it was it was tough to get through all his stuff, but it was still enjoyable to listen to because he wa- he did ask good questions. He's a very good interviewer. Yeah, but he just inserts himself into a lot of the questions, which makes it makes it tough. But it was still good. Who's a great? I don't know if he ever was in the Bay Area, Phil Hendry. He, when he was really good on the radio, he was awesome. He was one of the best radio guys I've ever heard. Did uh, Did he ever uh, have a show up there? Not that I know of. I for some reason I assumed he was some sports guy. So no, you do, uh, so you don't know his bit. He he would have he had a talk show and it was kind of a general interest talk show from from if you listen to it, that's what it seemed like. But he would have someone call up controversial, and it was him. So he'd have someone call up with like he have different characters call up with ridiculous opinions, and he'd talk to them for like ten minutes and to get the opinion out and to get people riled up, and then the callers would call in, and the caller would argue with Phil Hendry, doing a voice, and Phil Hendry would be doing both voices as he talked to the caller, and it was amazing. So he's doing two voices at once as he talks to the caller, and it was so funny, and it was really amazing how he was able to. to to run the two voices at once and not miss a beat. So kind of like uh, Rush Limbaugh, except with uh, twice the talent. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, I, is he still on the radio? I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. He had a show for a long time in L.A. And I th- I thought it got syndicated for a while, but I, th- I don't think he has a show anymore. I don't know. Radio so 20th century. I, I don't know if uh, anybody's got a show anymore. What century are we in now? Is it 24? Uh, it, it, this is, yeah, it's the 24th century. Uh, actually, I think it's the, I think it's the 50th century. Uh, I go by the Jewish calendar, uh, Ah. or alternately the Chinese calendar. You know, they're, they're both about the same. Wait a minute. I think the Chinese calendar, it's the rabbit century. Yeah, but rabbits multiply. Uh, if you, and so if you go by the, uh, the number of generations that occur within a year, you're in like 5,000. I see. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Um, dragon, ooh, it's like year zero all over again. 
Finally. But, uh, yeah, so we are in the year 5000. And uh, what was the question? Oh, yeah, what century it is. Yeah, so so that was that was centuries ago that radio was a thing. Um, I Yeah, I have... I never really listen to the radio. All I really know about, like, like talk radio stuff, all I know is the voice, like, hey, it's time for John and Pat in the morning. Here's a fart noise. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's, that's the, 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 morning, the morning guy. The morning zoo. Morning zoo kind of voice, yeah. I don't know if they still do that voice. I don't know. Yeah, You I do didn't... it really well, though. <laughs> I didn't know if anybody actually talked like that, except I did hear, like, some radio thing somewhere. I don't even know where, and they... They were actually talking kind of like that. It was it was scary. I always thought that was just like a uh, white people dance like this and black people dance like this joke, you know, where where it's like a very exaggerated thing. But there are some morning radio shows, at least one that I heard that actually spoke in that voice, which was scary. That is scary. I I do. I, once in a while, I find talk shows I enjoy. Even now, even now that radio is dead, when I'm in the car, I'll play radio. I don't always just listen to iPods or uh, Zooms. So I'll play radio and some shows are good, but some shows are still stuck in some kind of weird, I don't know if it's fifties or sixties where they are, they'll have a talk show and people will call in and during the, the call in section, they'll play sound effects. Like if they disagree with the person, they're like, Argh. it's like, or like Who? a toilet flushing or something. Yeah. yeah, that's... yeah stupid stuff like that. It's like, why would anyone want to hear this? All right, hold on for a second. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna insert a toilet flushing sound effect here. All right. Yes. Now I'm not even gonna bother to look for that online. What uh, do you need to look for? Just take the microphone over the toilet. The, I've got I've got one of those Japanese uh, uh, silent flush toilets. Wow. You really yeah. are living in the 53rd century. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm telling you that it it pays to go by the Jewish slash Chinese calendar. So many advances. Jewish slash Chinese, is that another form of one of those online fiction things? What? Oh, like slash fiction? Jewish slash Chinese. And, yeah, and then, and then they, uh, they have uh, beautiful uh, multiracial babies. I don't know. That's the thing, right? That's everybody says. Like it's not completely racist to say that uh, mixed race babies are, are always cute. I didn't know people said that, but I'll watch for it now. Yeah, look out, man. If someone says it, I'll say their babies can be just as ugly as any other baby. Prove me wrong. Yeah, prove me wrong. I've I've seen newborn babies, and, you know, I did not think uh, what a piece of work is man. I thought, who ordered the eggplant? Those things are fucking ugly little aliens, dude. I thought, I'll have what she's having. Wah, wah. Toilet flush. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, that was uh, flushing the ugly baby down the toilet. That was what that sound effect was for. Uh, all right. Well, you you had uh, some uh, business you wanted to attend to. Oh, right. I, I guess the people listening don't realize that before we started the show, we were going to call it Pat Does Movie Reviews and John Rants About Hateful Republicans. But we decided that was a little too long. So I'll do my part and do some movie reviews. We talked about a couple weeks ago. I, I talked about seeing some movies and I saw a couple. The first one was monsters university. And did you see a commercial for that with eighties music in it? Nope. I do not see commercials. I, I DVR stuff or, uh, I couldn't figure out when we talked about you, you were talking about being like the Goldbergs and I couldn't figure out where that was coming from. Well, I'd heard that it was 
that it was based like back in the 80s or whatever. So I just assumed it would be like a bunch of Wang Chung and Flock of Seagulls on the soundtrack. And that's oh, no, it, it was a prequel. It was then back in college, but it wasn't set in any specific time period. And it wasn't set in Earth. It was like the Monsters universe. So, no, there was no 80s music in it. Oh, okay. Anyway, I my expect, expectations were definitely low going in because the sequel and prequel business that Pixar has gotten into has, has made me kind of wary about their movies because originally they were just making original stuff that was awesome and then they've started to get into the sequel stuff and I don't know why I'm so upset about it because all the Toy Stories are really good. But they made three Toy Stories and each one was better than the other but Cars 2, I should let speak for itself because that would say I stink and it stunk. Anyway, my express expectations were way too low because this was an awesomely funny movie. Really? Fun movie. Yeah, it was It was not in any way original, but it was really, other than the animation, animation was off the charts good, but it was really funny. It, I mean, it, it took cliches from Revenge of the Nerds, Animal House, all the college movies you've ever seen, but they did it in a fun, funny way, and it was very good. There's great gags, and the cast was awesome. I mean, we complain about Billy Crystal for good reason, but in this, he's good. They, they tune him down, and he's very good, and uh, John Goodman... Uh, Pop Culture Continuum as a show. I was a big fan of him. Steve Buscemi, Charlie Day, Nathan Fillion, all did great jobs. And uh, so, yeah, great movie. And uh, good Pixar note that I, I heard recently, they announced that they're changing their production cycle. It used to be they did one movie a year. Now they're going to be doing one original movie a year and a sequel, prequel every other year. So that's pretty much perfect. Oh, so yeah. I'd, I'd heard they were working on a, a sequel to Midnight Cowboy. So I'll be interested to see that one. Yeah, it's going to be called Noon Indian. Oh, and it's gonna it'll star one of those toys from Toy Stories. Toy no, Story? it's 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 all humans, but this is the, the twist is everybody's naked, and they can get away with that because it's a cartoon. Oh, and do they get John Voight? Well, who doesn't get John Voight? If you know what we mean. Dustin Hoffman's also in it, but he has a small part. He plays. If you know what we mean, he's. He's reprising his role from Tootsie slash Ishtar. More slash. Got to get on, in on that. And before Monsters, before all Pixar movies, they have shorts. And before Monsters University, there was one called The Blue Umbrella. And it was really beautifully animated. I, I like that Pixar has continued to attach shorts to their films. And even now that they've gone super commercial and they have the sequels and they're owned by Disney or they're part of Disney, the shorts are still artistic and daring and not just stuff thrown together to make five-year-olds laugh and buy toys so it's not like they're putting a bugs bunny they're putting like really cool stuff i i think sometimes they use the shorts as a testing ground for their animation ideas but the it doesn't matter it doesn't diminish the awesome stories that come come from these these shorts it was really good and i was thinking have you ever seen a pixar movie uh i saw up on a plane to hong kong uh i didn't care for it so much i thought the whole thing with the wife dying was a little I don't schmaltzy. know. Yeah, schmaltzy. You know that? I don't know. That's fair. I think we should have an episode, though. Toy Story, which is their first film, versus I guess not Up. We'll do something else. Well, I thought which, that kid was funny in Up. Yeah, he, he was funny. I thought Ed Asner was good, too. I, 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 I loved Up. It made me laugh. It made me cry. I thought it was terrific. But Wait, Up I, made you cry, but... but uh... Arsenio for, did not make me cry. Make way for tomorrow did not. Arsenio made me cry. Make way for tomorrow hey, did not make you cry. I I don't remember saying that. I think no. it did make me cry, or at least brought me pretty close to tears at the end. That was what a great movie. Make way for tomorrow was. 
Okay, all right. You're off the hook then. <laughs> Thank God I lied. All right, so uh, so that's one movie down, Pixar. Uh, probably not going to see it, but if we do a Pixar uh, if we do a Pixar episode once, I guess I'll I'll let you pick those for me. Oh, I saw Wall-E too. What you didn't like that? It was all right. They're they're kids yeah. movies, man. I have a hard time just getting into the uh, mind frame of them. Yeah, I think they are. I mean, they're definitely kids movies, but I think that, I think everybody can enjoy it. I'm just surprised you don't like it at all. They look good. Oh yeah, I I don't think anyone. Well, maybe someone can, but I I think it would be hard to deny that. I think you'd probably like The Incredibles. I think that's their most. Oh, everybody. I saw The Incredibles too. I guess I've seen every Pixar movie. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. The, Incredibles like the Incredibles was a little uh, a little uneasy with the Ayn Rand message of it of of people being uh, of letting mediocrity win and like trying to uh, stifle the greatness of people. Um, maybe that maybe that's my own uh, ideology coming out in my my reading of that. But you know, I didn't pick up on that. So, but maybe it's there. Yeah, it's oh. like. It's like that song, The Trees, by Rush that we talked about. It's kind of, kind of a turnoff to me, but sorry, go ahead. Oh, so the second movie was Kick-Ass 2. Oh, which was, shit. Wait, I heard horrible things about this, but go ahead. Not as, not that bad. It was not a terrible movie. It, it's based on a comic book by Mark Millar. I kind of like Millar, but I also kind of hate him. He's from the generation of comic book writers who grew up reading Alan Moore and Frank Miller, so they, they, these guys already saw people recreating comic books and putting them into more of a real context and they try to do it a little bit more and those guys did a tremendous job of recontextualizing the characters into real life but with Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns but Millar tries to do it but he doesn't do it quite as well but he does do some things right so I like reading his books he and he, he definitely tries to to do like a satire on the the, the genre but sometimes he takes the misogyny and the super violence way too far, and it kind of makes me sick. I, I mean, I hope he's doing it for satire, and he's not truly that sick of a person. So, But he does have fun ideas and good ideas hidden in there. So it's nice when there's someone else to take his ideas, like they did with Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2, and, and ease up on the crap and keep the good stuff in there. So Kick-Ass 2 was a very low adaptation to his books, but it does away with most of his excesses. So it's a fun movie. Jim Carrey was surprisingly good, but Chloe Moretz, which we talked about last time, and uh, she was she ca- she carried the movie. Without her, it's not a good movie, but she was very good in it, and it was a pretty good movie. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was pretty good. So that's it. And uh, she's going to be in a remake of Carrie with Julianne Moore. Oh, yeah, I heard. And with those two in it, I'm going to see it. I don't usually... Li- have any desire to see remakes but those two make 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 that movie look really good i just wonder like for a remake of that i won't i probably won't see kick-ass too um but oh you shouldn't i i don't i think most people wouldn't like it i would not advise most people to see it but i enjoyed it for what it was what all right what's the last movie you didn't enjoy that's what i'd like to know oh i'm sure there's something keep Name some. Oh, I know for sure I did not enjoy that movie with the teddy bear that was made by Seth MacFarlane. Oh shit! Yeah, Ted. That was awful. Didn't see it. Shouldn't. But I've seen enough of Seth MacFarlane. Um. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm just wondering, like, with the Carrie remake, if they're gonna do what they 
Well, it's just the way of things now, I guess. I'd probably make it PG-13. Cut out, like, I doubt, I'm sure there won't be any nudity or in the shower scene or anything. Although, Chloe, Chloe Moretz is not even old enough to do nudity, I would guess. Uh, I think she's 16. I, I thought yeah, you could so sign off out. to do nudity, but, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't care about the nudity. I, I don't know. I, it, from the trailer, it looked kind of rough as far as violence goes, but we'll see. Yeah, I didn't mean to make it sound like I just wanted to see nudity, but I do like uh, when they have a movie with adult themes that they actually don't... Uh, don't soft shoe it or, or whatever you want to call it. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying that they, they keep the hard edges in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I just wonder if for some reason they PG 13 seems to be the ideal these days because you can get the most, uh, audience members in. Although I never had a trouble getting into R rated movies when I was a kid. I, I went and saw Caddyshack when I was 10. I'm pretty sure that was R rated. If not, I did see other, r-rated movies then they didn't even give a shit but maybe they're stricter about that now so i think they are stricter about now that now but i do think you're right the most most like summer of summer movies and pg-13 seems to be the sweet spot but for horror movies i don't think they mind taking an r i think a lot of horror, horror movies are hard and carrie would probably be a horror movie but i don't know what it's going to be r or pg-13 so i'm not sure yeah i mean i've noticed a lot more horror movies being pg-13 really lately. i haven't noticed yeah. that like a I'm pretty sure the Evil Dead remake was R. Well, I think that was R, yeah. Been. But, but a lot of them have been PG-13, you know, like the paranormal activity stuff and oh, okay. just all, all these second-rate movies. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'll probably watch Carrie, uh, see what they do with it. I've not seen uh, – I think I've seen the original movie a long time ago, but I've never read the book, so. No, there's no need. Uh Stephen King, man. I don't mind Stephen King. I, aside from most of his endings, I, I think he writes a good story. His, his, sometimes his, his sentences are kind of weird, but I think he writes a good story. Weird is a, is a polite way of saying uh, terrible. Yeah, he. I think, uh, was his first book Salem's Lot? I think it, it might have been. It was early anyway, and that one was actually pretty well written, and then, and then you could tell he just started like cranking shit out by the boatload and and was basically it's the it's the thing of that uh who said it? Truman Capote that's not writing that's typing yet he does have plots but he he has so many hokey lines and and just bad poorly written sentences that i i can't take him seriously but i i read two of his books recently under the dome was one and under the dome was kind of typical stephen king it, it wasn't terrible but it wasn't great and the ending was awful but and the characters were over the top. But I, there was some things to like. It was an interesting story before the ending. But I also read his more uh, his recent book. I think Under the Dome was more recent. I don't know which came first, but I think it's called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Whenever oh, about JFK, whatever. yeah, yeah, that was really good. That was good from from front to end. Was it? Yeah. See, I got. Uh, I, I mean, I shouldn't say this. I got a bunch of free Stephen King books for my Kindle. Um, somehow through channels. You know, but, uh, so I was reading some and it's just, they're just, I don't know, a lot of trash, a lot. He is good. He's a good storyteller. Uh, but that doesn't equal a good writer. And sometimes it's just, some of it's just painful to read for me anyway. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Carrie does. I'm sure they'll continue to remake his movies, uh, in perpetuity. Because and I'm, I don't think he'll complain. 
No, I'm sure he won't. Um, he he definitely needs the money. I know. It's, it's a shame. He, uh, I mean, they they remake everything, and most of his stuff has not been made well. wasn't made well the first time around. So I I think yeah, if, if it it doesn't have that, if it's not directed by John Woo, it it probably wasn't well made. Right. I mean, exactly. It, uh, what was a uh, the prison movie he did, and he did the, well two the Green Mile and um, the other one with Tim Robbins. Uh, Bob Roberts. Correct. Um, yeah, that's it? Those are the only two movies you've seen? In the theater, yeah. Oh. And why why Kick-Ass 2? That was a weird choice with all the stuff that's been out. Yeah, I had a friend who really wanted to see it, and I said, oh, all right, sounds fun. All right, so neither one of us has yet seen The World's End. No, and I'm confused because I thought when you kept saying, are you going to see The World's End, you're going to see The World's End, I was thinking of the movie with Michael Sarah that it's called This is the End. This is the End, yeah, I saw that one. So I was almost went out to see that, and I said to myself, John will be so happy that I saw it. And then I re-looked at the, at the schedule, and I saw, oh, John was talking about The World's End. But no, I didn't see either end of the movie. Yeah, Simon Pegg is The World's right, End. Right, yeah. right. Uh, which... I have to say, I'm not a huge fan of of Shaun of the Dead or uh, Hot Fuzz. I mean, I thought they were okay, but I didn't think they really lived up to the enormous amount of praise they got. No, I I, I agree. They were just they, they were, were kind okay. of funny, but not super funny. Yeah. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead's Dead started out uh, really clever, I thought, and then it just turned into a basic zombie movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then Hot Fuzz was was kind of the same thing, you know. It was a, a play on on cop movies, but it didn't it didn't have the courage to go as far as I would have liked it to go, I guess. Um, and instead, just kind of it became like it used a lot of the cliches that it should have been making fun of. I think. Right. Yeah. I I don't think either of them. There was they were fun. Yeah. They were funny, but they didn't follow through with what it looked like they were going to right, do. Right. Exactly. They're good movies that i felt like could have been great movies yeah i agree with that i don't i don't know if this this the the world end is any better or not i haven't even read any reviews no i know i don't know i don't really even hardly know what it's about but uh, but i think it's about the world ending oh see i i i guess i missed i never that. saw that a steve Carell movie that was about the world ending either I, I thought that looked like it might be fun yeah finding a friend for the end of the world or whatever it was called yeah yeah, yeah. out of the office Oh, right, The Office, yeah. Uh, so, by the time this podcast is up, the first episode of Brooklyn 991, or whatever yeah, that's called. Yeah, that's, that's coming out Tuesday, Tuesday, right? Which yep. is early for uh, fall shows, because most of them start at the end of September. But I, Yeah, I think all, most all of them start the next week, or maybe two weeks later. Yeah, so I think maybe like in October, maybe mid-October, we'll do another uh, show on the fall season and give our, our opinions on the shows we've seen. Or, yeah, our, our seen opinions. I, I've started to believe that the even though everybody I've heard give a review of the Robin Williams show, I mean, that hasn't seen it. A couple of reviews that have seen it have liked it. But everyone I know who's talked about that said they have no desire to see it, I've decided it's going to be a good show. So we'll see. I can't imagine it will be a good show. But something something's making me hope that it's a good show. And the Michael J. Fox show, which I was kind of on the fence about, when we did our podcast, I kind of think it's going to be funny now. I hope so. I mean, they totally retooled Thursday night. So yeah, the only yeah. thing that's left is uh, Parks and Rec. I guess that's the anchor to get people and I, in. And I don't know if it's an hour episode because I was I was scheduling my DVR to to, to watch the new shows. You know, uh, tape the pilots, 
and uh, the Thursday night the Parks and Rec premieres. It's an hour episode, so I don't know if it's an hour episode or two half hour ep- two half hour episodes next to each other. I think but, it's just a premiere is probably an hour, and then. Well, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to be an hour all season. But they've never had an hour Parks and Rec. They had hour offices, but never Parks and Rec. So that's oh, fun. that's true. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll be, be good. Well, it is. Uh, it is that and Community, I guess, are the best uh, sitcoms. My favorite sitcoms on network right now. Yeah, well, yeah, on network for sure. Have you have you been watching the new League and It's Always Sunny? Never really got into the League, although I like all the people on it. Um, okay, I th- I thought you had started watching. I didn't know if you liked it or not. It it what I don't like about the League is that it seems like they're going for gross out. There's or, a lot of shit humor and and n- not even shit, sex, whatever. They're, sex, but they're not, bathroom no, humor, I call it, but it, it encompasses sex and yeah. And it's but it's 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 that's the joke. But in, like and It's Always Sunny. It's in service of the joke. I don't know if that makes sense, but yes. it's like they'll have that kind of humor, but it it's it works within the show. It's not like they're just having it there to have that kind of humor. Right, and that's what... so I still like the league, but it's what I dislike about it. That's the one thing I dislike about it. I think they could do better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that turned me off to South Park too. Um, not just, and it wasn't just uh, that it was uh, toilet humor. It was that it was very obvious humor. I found like yeah, everybody was telling me, oh, you got to watch the episode on Scientology, and I watched it. And I was I was like, well, they're just making the most obvious jokes about it that you can make. It's not really all that cutting, um, but people like book of mormon so maybe i should see that maybe i'd like that i would like to see that too oh and i might be seeing two live production live theater productions in the next couple of months um one is called evil dead the musical which is obvious what that is another i forget what it's called but it's, it's in new york and it's it's a it's it's based on a like a, a future where there's some kind of terrible disaster and people are talking around a, a, a like a fire because there's no there's no electricity, there's no way of watching TV, and what they're doing is just telling the story of the episode of Simpsons Cape Fear. So they just tell that story, and then later on they're putting on a production of Cape Fear based on what they remember of it, and that's what the music the show is. And that's sounds, an actual play. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I gotta start writing plays, man. <laughs> well, yeah. Tell me what that one's like. That's a uh... I don't oh, you know don't, that that's a premise that will hold up on Broadway, but I don't. I don't off think Broadway. Oh, yeah, I think so. Off uh, Lexington. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't get your New York humor. Sorry, it's it's not for everybody. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, this was covered an everything. Yeah, I think so. Successfully done without either of us passing out. Uh, well, speak for yourself. As I don't. And uh, as always, write us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes. And uh, go fuck yourselves. And uh, until our next real episode, I'm going to sign off and say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Talking no bullshit. Too many damn people that's so damn full of it. Give them money, why? You know we ain't happy.
cabinet. I'm convinced that Vince is ripping me off. I think it's his girl that's tipping me off. But my keys are black and he's going onions. I got big about that mama and Paul Bunyan's. I've been going nuts, getting all cooped up. Fully hurt my tizer, but now I'm getting sued up. Signed up to the page of a brand new chapter. Setting my sights and you know what I'm after. I'm gonna play with the news and with Ernie and Nesto. Don't even rip my recipe for pasta with pesto. That is another special of the day. You see, I got more spice than the frugal gourmet.